Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Close-Up Magic. I'm your host, Stephen Cameron, and today we got a really good episode. This episode's all about the upcoming NBA draft and the Orlando Magic and our pick at 16 and what we could do with it, players we might be looking at. But before we go into that, I just want to say that you know, we're coming up on the, the one-year mark of me doing this podcast, The Close-Up Magic, and it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. We've had some really cool guests on, um, you know, other podcasters that cover the magic, like Philip Rossman Wright, Andy Harrington, um, the guys that do you believe in magic, uh, Zach Oliver, Preston Ellis. Um, we've had other media guys that cover the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Zach Noble, who was on recently, he's been on a couple times now. Um, we've had uh, Keith Smith, who's, you know, a, a cap and contract specialist. Uh, but the, the biggest thing is we've had a bunch of fans on. And those are some of my favorite episodes. Uh, I mean, sure, people that cover the NBA are great and all because, you know, we need content and coverage. We're all desperate for it here in Orlando. We don't get enough of it. But when I get to interact with the fans, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I know I haven't had a fan episode on in a while, but when I look back at this last year and, um, you know, how many people I've interacted with, the, the people that I have the most fun with most of the time are 
the other fans just like me because I'm a fan at the end of the day. I, I'm no elite basketball mind that covers the, you know, the team uh, analytically or anything like that. I, I enjoy watching basketball and I enjoy talking about it. And sometimes I dig a little deeper on contracts and stuff like that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, there's a reason why I'm behind a desk talking about it and, and not playing it or working in it. I, I'm just a fan. Um, so when I get to talk to other fans, it's it's great you know we've we've had people from uh the united states and orlando on we've had um you know people from the uk i'm actually working with another uh guy from london we're gonna have him on the show later this summer um we've had luke from australia who now lives in toronto um we we got all sorts of people from around the globe listening and, and this team is so international it's amazing and i love connecting the fans and that's the whole reason why i started this podcast and uh it was really just to connect more people together so um just feeling a little grateful for the support i've had the last year and again i just want to thank everyone who has supported me from the beginning or um now further leading you know and if you're newer to the show thank you i appreciate you tuning in we have some really good episodes if you want to go back and tune into some of the old stuff you're more than welcome to but if not this is a really, really exciting summer for the close-up magic. Um, this next year, I have some really lofty goals for this podcast, and um, you know, hopefully, you'll notice it with the 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 better and bigger guests I have on, more fans I have on, um, just more content in general. I don't want to spoil too much, but I got some really big announcements coming up um, in the next few weeks. All right, um, and as well as some big guests too. So. Um, I got a couple of uh, a couple of big guests lined up that you know I'm just again trying to step my game up for you guys. Um, so if you like what you're hearing on this show, and um, you want more, like the the best way to let me know is hit me up on Twitter. Let you know tag some guests that you want to hear on the show so I know and they know. Um, another big thing is uh, we're on most of the platforms. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, Stitcher, all, all those platforms. So go follow the show and give it uh, a subscribe and give it a rating. I need some ratings. Um, I don't push that enough because I, I, I don't ever remember to ask you guys to do that. But if you guys could go give me a rating, that'd be great. Um, but the, the probably the most important thing you guys could do out of everything is just share the podcast with another Magic fan. Um, that's the best thing we can do. Find us on Twitter. Um, you can find the personal account, the Close Up Magic, or you can find my personal uh, uh, my personal page, um, Steven zero six one zero. Give those pages a follow. I, I post, I, you know, I tweet quite a lot on those. Um, but yeah, it's it's been so much fun doing this show, and I I can't wait for you guys to to know what I got planned and and things like that. So, but okay. Anyways, until then. We don't want to go too much longer on this. I have a great episode. We go deep about 45 minutes with my Cole, with with my guest Cole Zwicker. Uh, Zwicker, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, he's with the Stepian, and the Stepian is all about the NBA draft and uh, prospects, not necessarily NCAA, but prospects that are doing things and we could see in the NBA. It's a really good site for, for those of you that are draft junkies um, and want to learn more. That's sort of where I get some of my information. I get it from a, a couple different places, uh, the Stepian, the Ringer, um, a couple spots, but... 
Cole was a delight to have on the show. He informed me of so many players I wasn't even thinking about. Um, I asked you guys earlier today on Twitter who are some names that you wanted to hear about. I'm pretty sure we talked about every single one of them. Um, I would also suggest listening to the end. I asked Cole at the very end of the show, uh, you know, open draft. You have your pick on the board at 16. Who's a realistic pick that uh, if you're the GM of the Magic, who you might like? And he gave a surprising answer that I was not. Uh, I didn't have. I haven't really thought about. So give that a listen. Uh, and yeah, man, guys, thank you. I got a lot of new followers recently. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. And let's go, Magic. For dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. From the dope spot with the smoke block, clinging the murder scene. You know me well from All nightmares right, Cole, of a lonely cell. Um, I appreciate it. So, as we were talking a little bit before we started recording, uh, I'm not much of a draft guy, and you are. You are part of a gigantic organization that focuses a little bit on the draft. It's all about the draft. Uh, you want to tell my fans, if they're not familiar, who you are, a little bit about you and the, and the site that you work on. Sure. So I founded or co-founded thestepian.com about a year and a half ago. My co-founder, Sean Darenthal, is now working for the Sixers. I had a stint um, as a consultant to the analytics department for the Phoenix Suns for the last year. So I just got done with that. And uh, yeah, I love doing the draft. I kind of started out more on the salary cap CBA side. My background's in the legal realm. So I was always kind of, I guess, building up to be like a capologist, something like that. But then I try to diversify my portfolio and I really just got into the draft and met some guys online and we started the site and that's kind of been the case for the last year and a half or so we're uh I wouldn't say we're specialized just in college basketball we definitely do young prospects in the NBA at the step in um, but mostly it's about international high school and, and college prospects and how to project those guys to the next level that's pretty awesome. I like that's all stuff I don't know anything about, and uh, I, that's why I'm thankful for sites like the Stepian and and people like you that want to inform me and some of my fans that do. Um, like you know, I was telling you beforehand. Yeah, last last couple of years were a little easier because I only had to focus on about ten people, but now that we're po- or we're you know we're not even in the lottery. We're the Magic are pick sixteen. It's it's a whole different ball game out there when when you're not just focusing on the top five, six, seven people. It's 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 a completely different world. So the Magic are in an interesting spot, right? We've had a couple of top, you know, seven, you know, six picks in the last two years, and Mo Bamba and and Jonathan Isaac, and they're starting to develop. And then we recently, as you know, traded for Markel Fultz, who. I don't know. This is this his third rookie season like that he's coming into with how little he's played. Like he's a gigantic question mark. Just from the outside looking in, is is when you pick at pick sixteen, is this a spot where a team should be picking best player available or more for player needs? Because my whole theory is, you know, when you're picking in like the top, you know, seven, eight, nine picks, it's you're always going best player available, not necessarily player need or team team need um what what is your opinion with what people or what teams might do around pick 16 like where the magic sit this year yeah it's a great question just because there are so many different prospects that could be selected at 16 it's not like the nba usually they narrow down different ranges and they'll tell the prospects that like for kobe white he got five to nine is his outcome base so you know kind of where to expect him in the drafts and you get to 16 and that tier could be 
you know, 15 guys for an NBA team. And it's hard to really pin down how the Magic are going to pursue that. So for me, I, ideally, a lot of these players are dependent players, meaning that they need specific situations to optimize their skill sets. So I think you have to kind of marry the two things, best player available and best fit. Usually those things work in concert more than you'd think. They're not you know, mutually exclusive. You have to have the combination of the two. You look positionally at the magic, of course, like Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, those guys are going to be significant parts of this calculus because they just drafted, you know, a hybrid five and they, and a, a five only. So you can't really just t- say, okay, if Jackson right. Hayes falls to 16, we're going to take best player available on our board. Cause they wouldn't, he wouldn't be the best player on your board. If you already have, he'd be a backup center. So that can't possibly be the best player on your board, really. So sure, it, you have to factor that stuff into the calculus. And I, I don't like just hunting for positions either, though. Like, we need a shooting guard. I'm going to take the best shooting guard on the board. That's not how I like to operate. I'm still very – I'm trying to draft the best basketball players possible. Just ideally, that aligns with positional need. Yeah, it's – you know, it's interesting. So from, like, a, a non – like I said, a non-draft guy, I, I come into this where we're at this year and – I, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm looking at the team's biggest need. To me, our biggest need is a, is is still point guard combo type guard player, or you know, you know, a, a one two two three type player, and that's where I'm like, I just, I only focus that. Then every now and then someone brings up a, a decent like four four guard power forward. I'm like, well, you know, he's kind of good too, but it's, you know, it's it's hard for me not to get out of like with the Magic this year with drafting for best fit for the team but again that's why i'm not working as a gm for a for a a basketball team because i probably don't think the the best way in in all the different scenarios it's 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 really interesting strategy that teams have to take when not drafting you know the top top five type of guys um it's really interesting so just from like an outsider perspective um with the 16th pick if if things all land the right way who would be an ideal pick for the magic to have this year I don't know if there's a specific player in this range, honestly, that's such a no-brainer. I I just went on a Pistons podcast, and they kind of have a similar issue. I mean, Blake Griffin's their best player, and he's a four. I think a lot of the best values in this class are at that position. So I love Brandon Clark. I have him as a top-five pick in this class. But he could be there at 16. I would still bet against it. But he, again, is a defense-oriented four. He's basically Jonathan Isaac, a more explosive, not as long version of that. So you can't really optimize that in that setting that's unfortunate like pj washington is another guy who i think is a solid nba player and from a value perspective if you're looking at the 16th pick you know you could have different philosophies about swinging for upside or whatnot but usually you're just trying to get an nba player you're trying to get someone who can contribute to winning ideally um unfortunately a lot of the ball handlers get pushed up you see darius garland kobe white um of course john morant's gonna go number two those guys don't fall in, in the draft they always get valued to their highest points because teams always covet that self-creation, creation for others. So you can look at a lot of mocks I've seen have Nikhil Alexander-Walker to the Magic at 16. I think he's interesting. Um, I'm not as high on him as others. I just don't see his athleticism really translating to a high level. But he's a guy who can dribble past shoot and make good decisions. It's just functionally his athleticism doesn't apply um, as far as first step, burst, all of that. But if you looked at it in theory and said, what does this team need? What's the skill set that this team needs? You could look at a player like that. I'm just not as high on his translatability. Sure, sure. So, okay, before we go too deep into like individual players, I, I got another just generic question about this current draft. A lot of people say this isn't a deep draft where after like the first handful of guys the difference between pick 
seven isn't much different between the pick 17 as far as talent wise. Do you agree with that statement? Is that, is that true? Or is there really like, is there really a big difference between, you know, the talent at 14 versus eight? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yes. So the best way I can define this as is in relation to last year's class. So I had Luca in his tier in tier one by himself. Then I had Jaron Jackson and Trey Young in that second tier. And then I had a kind of a bigger tier three this year. I don't think has a tier two prospect. So we're looking more at tier three. So I have guys like Morant, Jarrett Culver, RJ Barrett, Brandon Clark in that range. Like Clark could go 15. I think he could be the second best player in this class. Uh, but that doesn't hold for a lot of guys. I think there is a little bit of a drop off after that. Then you get to guys who don't really have that realizable impact stealing because you're always looking for difference makers. Maybe right. it's defense, maybe it's offense. Ideally, it's both, of course. But I, I don't think this draft is deep in difference makers. I think there's a couple that you can make arguments for. And then you get more towards projectable safety. So what can you do that's valuable in the NBA floor? Um, like floor spacing, of course, for bigs, versatile defense. Like P.J. Washington, not as versatile defensively as I think a lot of people think he is. But I don't think there's not like a huge gap between him and like a Taylor Horton Tucker, for example. So you can really go... I'd be I've seen some tiers that consist of like from six to 24 like that's a tier and wow. that's kind of that's a little different uh, that's a little different from last year I think it's all about you know, of course tiers don't mean the same thing to everybody right it can be sure. confidence intervals it can be what you value in a draft upside wise but yeah I think you can make an argument for me you probably have to have like a Brandon Clark at 16 that make that argument for me as far as that same tier but there isn't a, a drop off necessarily like if, between like the 10th pick and the 16th pick, depending on who's on the board, of course. But if you just if, if you project it as it's being projected now by most of the major media outlets, I don't think there's going to be like a stark drop off between like 10 and 16, 10, 17. That's not the way this draft is yeah. kind of cut. OK, OK. Um, so with this new front office that the Magic have had for the last two years, they do a very, very good job of keeping their lips tight and not leaking information. So we have very little uh information on on or rumors even on on what they're kind of thinking and even people that they've might have potentially talked to or interviewed um or who they're going to bring in now we have heard two things or at least i personally have and maybe you've heard more coming from your side of things but tyler hero is someone that says he's already got a workout scheduled for us and jared culliver is someone that um no, wait, I'm thinking, yeah, Jarrett, sorry, Jarrett Culliver is someone that they, the Magic interviewed at the Combine. So 
What are your two thoughts on those individual players? One, I like, I feel like Jarrett Culver is really high on a lot of people's list. And if we are going to have any chance at potentially drafting him, if, the, if this front office is that high, that they're going to have to move up to get him. Is that a possibility with like, like what would the magic do to, to have to move up to get someone like a Jarrett Culver? Um, and also, have you like heard any other rumors or things about draft prospects connected to the Magic? I think with the Culver element, you're definitely going to have to move up. He's not going to fall probably right. past eight, eight to the Hawks. And I think his range is more four to eight. He could go. You could make a case for any of those teams taking him. So I would be pretty surprised. We've heard he won't get past seven to the Bulls. A little bit of mixed thoughts there as far as they have. Also allegedly made a promise to Kobe White. I wouldn't believe too much of this at this time of the year. Just a lot of people floating things out there. Agents sure. trying to benefit their clients or whatnot. But yeah, I, if they're gonna, tra- if the Magic are really gonna trade up in yeah. like eight or nine spots, it's, it's gonna cost them either a future first, likely. Well, and it depends on protections, of course, how valuable that is. Maybe it's right. you know top eight protected, or they have to deal a prospect that is drafted. I mean, does Mo Bamba get you nine spots? I don't think the Magic would do that. But if you're the Hawks, like, what do you? looking at on the roster and being like, well, we could utilize this right away. Jonathan Isaac is too much of a, that's too high a price, obviously. So it's harder to get these deals done just because the way the NBA views prospects when they get into the league is a lot different than pre-draft. I don't want to use like the new car theory, you know, you drive off a lot in in ways it does operate that way. So it depends on what the value of the pick is. Like I, that's what I've been trying to ask around and just get a better gauge of is like, how are teams really valuing these picks? Like, do they even value, do the Bulls really even value the seven pick that much? You know what I mean? Like right. it's, it, it's all eye of the beholder stuff, but it would definitely cost the magic something. I would say probably a, a future first um, with some light protections. Yeah, that's, I mean, right now, I don't know if the magic or, I mean, unless they're really in love with this guy, like, I don't know if I would think, I, I don't know if I would agree with the magic giving up even some kind of protected first for, for a player in this draft uh, in, in that range. And again, you know, that's just me and my unknowing of, prospects right now but a lot of people keep talking about packaging evan fournier and this pick to try and move up and you know i don't know maybe like a second or something like that in there but i don't really know like how far that gets you do people like you said do people value pick 16 is it is it a deep enough class for that to really happen and and what what are people's thoughts on evan fournier because like that's a that's a player a lot a lot of magic fans are not stoked with right now and yeah i don't know i think my personal opinion let's just ride it out and pick a player at 16 and hope they can turn into a a decent rotation player uh because of the questions of the of the depth of this draft um so real quick i was gonna say um my approach for this class i've said this throughout the entire process i'm trying to trade down i'm not trying to trade out so this this is mostly has to do with getting a top five pick and not getting number one i'm looking to move down i don't think this is the draft to really you know like you said package a future first or another asset to move up i'm I'm not sure if this draft is the kind of draft you want to do that in because okay uh let's just say the magic are interested in jared culliver who is a what what, what position does he play point guard uh shooting guard he's i guess he's gonna be like a two three wing hybrid he's like a secondary ball handler like i guess look at shay alexander for example but more of a wing a wing type iteration of that and that's the same sort of type of player like a romeo langford right Romeo's more of a straight wing. I think the thing okay. that makes Culver a little bit 
higher and he's higher on my board is because he's really dribble past shoot decision making. Like he can secondary play make for you, and I think he can be a really good one. For me, Romeo is more of like a guy who can he, he if he does shoot spaces the floor, attacks closeouts, he can run a pick and roll secondarily, but he doesn't have a lot of separation ability. Like that's his thing is like he has a good handle, but he doesn't separate, he doesn't have that kind of athleticism. So I just think Col- Culver's a more playmaking oriented wing, whereas I think Romeo's best utilized is more of like a straight wing. So I got another comparison then. Uh, and basically, I'm just looking for another type of general player like Culver uh, in, in the 15, 16 range, like maybe a Darius Garland. I'm, I'm on your website right now. He's he's at like 15. Would, would the difference between Culver and Garland be, you know, that big of a difference is basically what I'm asking, in your opinion. Someone between those two ranges. Um, I'm much higher on Culver just because he's bringing that defensive safety. Like Garland's sure. a six, six, three shooting guard. Essentially. He grew yeah. up as like an off ball player. Some teams, I mean, he's going to go in the top six picks for sure. We have him a little bit lower just cause we're not as high on him, but as far as like a mock draft, he's going to go to the Lakers or four. I'd be surprised if he fell past six. Yeah. So he's more just like, a, like I said, more of a pick and roll ball handler type as far as his shiftiness with his dribble. Like Culver doesn't have that kind of handle. Garland's a much better shooter, so that's why you see him so high because he can really shoot off the dribble. He has that highlight ability from 30 feet. He's got some Dame comparisons. He's not nearly the world-class athlete that Dame is, but they're a little bit, they're a little subtly different. I mean, Garland's more of a combo guard, and then you have Culver who's more of like a playmaking wing. So you, so yeah, I mean, let's talk about Darius Garland for a second. He is, he's a player that one of, uh, one of the fans of the show asked to, to hear about, and you just, you don't think even, you, you you're not as high as him, but you think he's going to go pretty high in the draft? Yeah, exactly right. I think, like we discussed before, during the draft, the ball handler types, the guys who can create and initiate your offense, those guys get pushed up. And Garland has, you know, a high-level dribble, high-level handle, is very shifty, east-west, good lateral burst, incredibly quick with his release, can shoot from 30, can shoot off motion. Um, He can just do a lot of things offensively. He's just not really a point guard. We we only got four games of his, and only against one high-level team, which USC, and they were a tire fire this year. But it's really hard to project him because he can't make great reads and pick and roll. He's, again, more of like an off-ball guard who would be awesome if he played defense at a high level. Like, he's exactly what a lot of championship teams would covet as far as, you know, secondary ball skills with the ability to play off the ball, stretch the floor, and then play defense. But he's just too small, and he doesn't have that kind of athleticism defensively. So that's kind of where we're at with him. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Let's – what – Another player that people are asking about that uh, our fans have is is Kevin Porter. Is is he someone that you think would be in our range? You guys have him around seventeen on on your on your site right now. On this is just your prospect rankings and in, in the tiers that I'm looking at. Um, he's someone that a lot of that a lot of Magic fans talk about that they're interested in. Um, what what are your thoughts on him as a prospect and, and overall? potentially being drafted by the magic and his fit his fit with the team yeah i mean he's i think he's going to be in that range he might be available there so he's definitely a germane guy to talk about it's really hard with him just because his situation was so unique at usc he didn't get put in a lot of high leverage situations he's clearly got a, a he's got the best shake of the class that's the best way to put it is like his ability to create separation is number one in the class he's incredibly good uh, getting to a step back, you know, he's got a ton of NBA dribble moves. I saw him play at Hoop Summit a year and a half ago, and he was the best player on the floor in the 2018 class, wow. like playing with all those guys. It was just one game. So like sure. his, talent, his talent just pops off the screen. He, his handle isn't as tight as, as a lot of people think, but he definitely has incredible dribble moves. 
but he I don't know how he fits in a five on five game. He's kind of like a he's a total wild card as far as how he can create for others. All he did this year really was get to a step back. He could do that anytime he wanted to, but he never drove to the rim. I mean, he had the athleticism advantage on a nightly basis. First step, all of that rarely ever attacked. You know, again, he didn't function a lot in pick and rolls, a lot of ISO playing off the ball. Um, USC didn't move the ball, so we didn't get to see too much of his high IQ play. And he's always kind of had suspect IQ. Um, so I'm in high school as well at Rainier Beach. It was about 45 minutes from where I live. So he's he's a guy that when you turn on the highlights and you have a top 10 list, he really stands out because his stuff is like NBA level as far as shake goes. But how does it fit into a context of winning? You know, what is his defensive potential? He didn't really exert a ton of effort and like smart decision making on that end this year it was he did show playmaking instincts like he's actually pretty good in the passing lanes does block some shots his athleticism is certainly functional in certain areas it's just again i don't know how he functions in a five-on-five setting some people have compared him to jr smith i'm not even sure he's that good of a shooter frankly sure. like, he doesn't have that kind of form he's got a lower release point which i'm kind of worried about is he a real shooter or is he just a shot maker that's inefficient so i don't know how those guys fit on winning teams because i think he's going to be a high usage guy can he be efficient enough at that yeah yeah, for sure. What do you think his potential ceiling could be? Do you think he could be a starter on an NBA team? Or do you think if he does develop into something it, and he can fit on the floor, it's more of a secondary role player? I think I feel best about his projection as like a sixth man score. Just like, yeah, I can come in and get you buckets. Like, I sure. think that's what he is. I would bet on that being the most likely outcome. If he gets super efficient and he really can just make shots off the dribble at a high level, we're talking like, you know, 75th percentile in the league. I think that might vault him up to like a starting caliber player. But again, I don't know if he's really going to initiate your offense. He's more of a guy who can score, but can he make good decisions? And that's something we don't know because he's never right. had that role. So maybe it's he tough. needs to be paired with someone. Yes. I, I think he's one of the tougher projections in this class because the talent is there in an isolation setting, especially like he can score and the NBA is always going to value that. But how good are those players if, if they aren't like elite level scores? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, with when when you say his you think his projection could be like a six man, I immediately think, hey, we might not have our six man next year in Terrence Ross. He could be on another team. So it's like, hmm, maybe are we drafting his replacement? Um, that's just sort of where my head starts triggering when you say things like that. Um, so okay, the next person I got on my list is uh, someone that a lot of the Magic players uh, fans have really been talking about, not players, a lot of Magic fans have been talking about, is Nakilla Alexander Walker. I think I said his name right. Tell me a little bit about him and what you think about him as a prospect. You said earlier you weren't as high on him as some people are. Um, what are his positives and negatives, and why are you not as high as him? And is this someone you think the Magic should potentially go after? Yeah, I think... I, I think he's really good at basketball. He's one of the best players in college. If he would have came back again to Virginia Tech, he would have been one of the best players in the country. He's that skilled. He's really smart. He can pass with either hand. He's ambidextrous. He uses his left a ton around the rim as a finisher as well. Again, can dribble, pass, and shoot. Uh, make good decisions. I think that maybe sometimes he presses a little bit, but most young guys do. I've seen a lot of advanced skip pass reads from him, for example. He definitely knows how to play basketball. I, I just question the athleticism standpoint. Like, he doesn't really play to his size at 6'5 and a half, 204. Like, he... I think he weighs like 10 more pounds than Jared Culver, and you'd never guess that if you watch both of them play without knowing the measurements. So, like, the first half ability, I don't think he's going to beat guys off the dribble consistently. He just doesn't have that kind of burst. 
Uh, so is he going to be your primary ball handler? No, I just don't think he's athletic enough to separate there. Secondarily, you know, he can definitely play off the ball, but I, I don't know if he's going to attack closeouts at a high level, finish at the rim. I'm, I just question most of the stuff is, again, unfortunately due to his frame and just lack of dynamic burst, lack of lateral agility at a high level, and just strength in general. I think strength is really underrated in the, in the draft. As far as just getting guys who can withstand contact. And to me... Really, really high-level basketball player, but I, I just don't think it translates functionally to winning. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Um, you know, he, I look at him and I see I'm looking at just the the, the stats he got right uh, under his name, and it you know it's height six six, and then his wingspan six nine. Which, if you know the Magic, we are a wingspan team with uh, our last couple of draft picks. So I'm like, yeah, he's got the wingspan. Um, cool. Let's just keep going down the list. We got. Uh, Tyler hero. He is someone that has a workout planned with the Orlando magic. Um, what, what, what do you like about this guy? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the class. He's probably one of the five best shooters. Got great touch. Over 90% from the free throw line. That doesn't happen if you don't no. have great touch. And we see that on his run. Yeah, we go. We see that on his runners attacking the rim. Like he, he can definitely finish on the move with touch. So I, I think that he's gonna be able to catch and shoot a little bit of off movement. He's not like Cameron Johnson on North Carolina, where he's flying off pin downs and like floppy sets and setting quickly from NBA three and taking those. He's more of a catch and shoot guy. What he's really good at is if you run him off the line, he probably has one of the best if not the best one, two, like jump shots in the league when it just, you can take two steps in the mid range and knock down a shot. No, people don't like mid range shots, but if you get run off the line, you got to be able to do something. And I think that he can. So I like him there. Um, athletically, again, this is a guy who's going to struggle a little bit. We saw him against Duke earlier this season and he looked completely overmatched against, um, reddish Barrett. Those guys, it, it, just, sure. it was, it was pretty brutal. He improved a lot. He tried a lot. He, he gets a lot of credit for his defense improving, but a guy, he has a six, three wingspan. He's got a negative three wingspan. So is, is Orlando really going to draft someone like that? That's not exactly their MO, but they need, yeah, shooters. it's not. Yeah, definitely. We, we definitely need shooters, but yeah, you know, this, this front office really, really values, uh, versatile athletic lanky individuals that can, you know, be, you know, rotate. So having that negative wingspan is automatically, you know, it, it sounds like a joke, but for, for us fans, but it's really, it's really not in the eyes of this front office. They really do value that length. 
uh, versatility that they can offer. So um, that's interesting. What what's a what's a NBA player you think he might somewhat compare to? And I, I don't know if you're someone who enjoys doing comparisons. If you don't, I'll try and back that off a little <laughs> bit. But uh, yeah, what do you think? I like doing archetypes more, like an archetype, okay. a conceptualization okay. of like a, a role in a player. And of course, a lot of people are going to point to JJ Redick, kind of like this floppy shooter who can just come off. And Hero doesn't have that ability to like turn in midair. Actually, right. Fletcher McGee, Fletcher McGee does in this class. He's the only guy I've seen that can do that. I don't think Fletcher McGee is going to be an NBA player, but I think there are there are always differentiators and. The margin for error is just razor thin when you're talking about primarily shooters who are taking things off the table defensively. Like okay. you just have to be such a good you just have to be such a good shooter. And I think that's what you look at guys like who have cut it, Kyle Korver, JJ Redick, those types, and there's only like a handful who have really mm-hmm. cut it in that role. But I do think Hero has more ball skills. Like he can do a little bit more in like a secondary pick and roll setting. His feel is actually a little bit underrated. He sees the floor better than he gets credit for. I look around the league. I just don't see a lot of guys like him, um, especially like starting caliber players. Like you can maybe point to some bench shooters, like maybe a Wayne Ellington uh, with a better handle or something like that. I, I, I'm pretty poor at comparisons. I just do conceptualizations okay. on archetypes and stuff like that. But that's and the I, kind of player you're looking at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess that that helps me too because you know I'm just I'm so unfamiliar with these guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm. I've just been that guy my my whole life that just doesn't care too much about college sports and I've only watched. And I know I'm missing a lot of really really good competition out there, but I just I don't know. I never went to a big school. Never really got into it. So that's just sort of why I I am so uninformed as I am. Uh, but hey, it makes for a fun podcast. You know, I get to learn a lot of really cool things. Um, cool. All right. So we got a couple more names and I, I want to hear just some thoughts uh, from you, um, which I'll hit to in a little bit. Uh, the next name I got is Nassiar Little. I think I said his name right. Um, the guy from North Carolina. A, a couple of guys have, have questioned about him. Do you think that someone, I mean, you guys have him a little further out of our range. He's, you know, you got him down in 25. But for some reason, his name comes up every now and then. Is this someone you think, you know, the team should reach on? Or is this a guy that just, you know, not really go for it? I mean, maybe trade back for if you if you think. I don't, I don't know. What's your what's your opinions on that? Yeah. So, again, to reiterate, we don't do mock drafts. So everything you see with our rankings is big board related. So we're just a lot lower on him than consensus. Like consensus, sure. he's a lo- he's a lottery pick. Like I would okay. be surprised if he fell to 16 to the magic. He could go top 10. Uh, oh, wow. This is a guy who came. He came into the season as a top five guy. ESPN had him number two ahead of Zion Williamson, just for context. Like okay. he's he was very highly regarded, um, did not play well this year. Obviously, that's why you see such the fluctuation. I think we kind of found out that he doesn't really have feel for the game. Um, he He's not an intuitive player. He's a really good athlete. I think he's a better shooter than he showed this year. I think mechanically, he kind of brought it to the side of his head this year. I don't know why he did that. I watched a lot of his high school tape, and I really liked him. You know, competitive fire, plays with an edge. Uh, I just don't think, again, he's the caliber of athlete that I thought he was. He put on strength really quickly, and he doesn't move quite as well as he did at the All-Star Circuit. This is a guy who absolutely killed the All-Star Circuit last year. Like, McDonald's, he was the MVP. You know, he was very, very successful then and had a ton of momentum. And I think now you just saw he could never really get going for the Tar Heels this year. And he's admitted this in an interview um, at the Combine. He said that I just couldn't catch up mentally to the game this year. I never got that chance. Um, and he put it on himself. And I think there's a reason that he didn't start this year. It's not just like everybody wants to blame Roy Williams about stuff, but he wasn't ready to play. And uh, that's kind of the million-dollar question with him is what's the upside of a player who has great character? He, he's going to be one of the best interviews at the Combine. He's just an incredible kid. Um, competitive fire, has some pedigree, but 
he doesn't feel the game that well. And he's not overly skilled, and he's not the most fluid athlete. He's a little clunkier. So I, I think for the Magic, I, they would be interested because this is a guy who fits their MO as far as athleticism, length, um, functional jump shot. I think they're going to view his shooting probably higher than it was this year. So I can absolutely see the Magic taking someone like this. But, I mean, I, I just can't get that high on a player that I don't think has, like, feel for the game. I and mean, he can't make high-level decisions. Sure. No, that those are all valid concerns when you're, you know, when you're having to draft someone for sure. Like if, if if you if you can't feel the game at college level, how are they at all going to be able to feel the game at, at a much faster NBA level? Yep. So exactly. Those are legitimate concerns. Um, okay, we touched on this guy a little bit, and I know you guys don't do um mock drafts. I learned that now, and I sort of respect that and appreciate that because mock drafts are sort of silly anyways. There it's it's all a guessing game. Um but like everyone has mocked this guy to the to the magic um and he's just a name that is constantly floating around in the Orlando Magic Twitter world is uh Romeo Langford we sort of talked about him but let's deep dive into him what do you think about Langford um do you think he will be available when we are drafting or is he someone that might go a little higher um what what's what's your feel with him I think this is dead on in this range of where he's going to go. It's somewhere between maybe 11 and 20. So I could definitely see him being there, but there's, it just takes one team. So the right. Pistons are right, are right ahead of the Magic this year. They kind of have overlapping needs as like wings or maybe even a lead guard, but there won't be probably any high-level lead guards on the, on the board at this juncture. Can I so, jump in right there? I actually it, never even it. thought about that point where you were saying with the Pistons drafting directly in front of us, that could throw a huge... like the magic definitely need a couple plan B's and C's with, with the Pistons in front of them. Cause you're right. They do have similar needs. They could use a nice young point guard in their rotation and some scoring outside of, you know, in the guard position and, and in the, you know, the, the three position, like huge, huge needs matchup wise. And I, you just said that kind of like opened up a huge door in my head. I'm, I'm sorry for the interruption, Bob. Uh, <laughs> go on though. It's just, it, it's going to make things tricky for us. You know, they very easily could draft a guy we want directly in front of us. Yeah. And again, I just went on a Pistons podcast and they asked about very similar prospects. So I think you can even see the fans and the guys who really cover these guys full time are thinking the same thing. So sure. just, just the point to make, who knows? Um, yeah. But with Romeo, it's really tough with him just because he has great touch. He was one of the best finishers through like, 80% of the season in college basketball this year. You can see him utilize his strength and length extension at the rim with soft touch. A guy who wins more by bully ball and like running in guys, running through guys than he does. He, he can't really explode and beat guys one-on-one -on -one as far as first step ability. He doesn't have the le level of shake to create separation that way. He kind of wins by overwhelming guys with his physical tools. That's been the case in high school as well. Normally those guys don't translate as well to the NBA because you can't create, if you can't just beat guys one-on-one -on -one off the bounce, even attacking closeouts, you, you really have to play through contact. And I think he can do that if he plays the two. If he plays against bigger threes, I don't like him as much there. A lot of it comes to the jump shot, though, and that he's one of the trickier cases again because I noted the touch. But in negative facets, he has like mechanical mechanical issues, so he kills his wrist back incredibly far when he shoots, yeah. and it has to create a ton of tension in his release and his mechanics. And you see him just miss really bad shots. Like he'll he'll have a open catch and shoot corner three, and he'll like hit the side of the backboard almost. It's like 
I mean, that's a little bit of an extreme situation that sure. happened all the time. But like good shooters don't miss that bad. Like right. if you just look at, like straight up. And I think that he had uh, apparently he had some a hand injury this year. We don't really know like how much that impacted his play because he's never really been a knockdown shooter. But there's been some signs like he was a great free throw shooter at lower levels of play as well. So it really just comes down to that. Like if he can be a legitimate shooter, I, I think he has the frame. He has the, decent enough lateral athleticism to be a starting caliber player in the NBA and be like a two way player. But if he doesn't shoot, I, I don't really see any other game that he does, any other part of his game that really translates at a high level. Like he can dribble the ball. He's not a high level decision maker. He doesn't have great shake. Like I said, he's not a great passer. And he's not like athletic enough to be this dynamic, you know, on ball defender. He lapses a lot off the ball. And that's something that I look at with prospects is if you yeah. lapse and like you give up, you know, back cuts, he gets back cut a lot. That's not exactly irregular for freshmen, but it happened a lot for him, and it didn't seem to improve that much. It did make strides, but again, this is not someone who's always dialed up defensively. So if the shot doesn't come, how valuable is he? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, I mean, at this point, we, I mean, that's what we're talking. We, you know, if you can't play make, you, you need to be able to knock down shots with the Magic drafting you at where they're at right now. Um, yep. unless you're just a defensive master right now. Cause I mean, that's another thing that the magic will look at like your defensive ability when they're trying to build this top 10, top five defensive team consistently year after year after year. That's, that's going to be huge for them. Um, all right. So I got, no, wait, we actually are covered, uh, Jarrett Culver, um, earlier this in the, in the show. So, all right, we've kind of gone through the list of names that the magic fans wanted to talk here, hear us talk about. Um, I was curious about, what are some other players you think we should be looking at in this range? And also my follow-up question is to that. Do you think anyone that in your tier system um, or projections that other people might have projecting higher um, might drop out of the, you know, the top 10 that could fall to us at 16? Yeah, I've already mentioned Brandon Clark. He's the highest level prospect on my board that could be available at 60. I don't think there's any way that any of the other guys are. He could fall. Again, kind of redundant positionally. I think he's a great prospect, and I would just take him because you're looking for you know great basketball players, bottom line. But sure. a, lot of, a lot of overlap with Jonathan Isaac. So that's kind of the issue with this range is a lot of the guys that I think are value plays like PJ Washington, not a huge value play, but I, I do like him. He's more of a four hybrid five. So it fits right into the position that the magic just invested high level picks in the last two years. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Cam Reddish is going to be there. I'm not huge on Cam Reddish, but he's not even worth talking about because he won't fall outside the top eight or so. Yeah, there aren't a lot of guys that just pop for me because, again, a lot of the players I like, even like a Jonte Porter, he, he's never going to go this high realistically. So there's no point in really elaborating too much on him. But a lot of those kinds, that's the strength of this class to me as far as value, is these hybrid bigs who defend and, and can pass. Like, there are pretty awesome passing bigs in this class for the most part. Like I love Grant Williams. He's really high on my board as well. He could definitely be there at 16. But similar case to P.J. Washington and Brandon Clark. Like, you really going to take a four at that spot. That's that's why I struggle so much with the Magic in this class. And I, again, I said the same thing about the Pistons. Sure. These two teams in this range, just I feel like the positional need and the value don't, don't mix perfectly. When you have Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon both at the three and the four, it, it's really hard to and both of them sometimes play the four depending on one's off the court it's it's hard to imagine us drafting another four exactly um, you know and this is sort of where we were talking 
about the beginning of the show. You know, are you drafting best player? Are you drafting position? You know, best fit? Where you sort of, I guess, kind of start got to consider both. But it's like, man, if there is one person that is only playing a four and can't play a three, I don't know if I want him because like it's just going to create a logjam and you know we won't be able to develop that player right unless they trade someone in front of them away, which I don't think the the team's doing anytime soon when you're drafting at 16. So, um, what are some, okay, we can kind of break away from the magic just for a minute before we, uh, you know, uh, wrap this thing up. Who are some players outside of the, the big names up front that, that you expect to really shock some people by the end of year one? Yeah, that's a great question. I've kind of already mentioned all of these guys again. I think okay. Grant Williams, if he goes to the right situation, sure. a lot of these guys, it's about team fit. So like Brandon right. Clark, again, going to the Minnesota Timberwolves 11 is probably the best single fit in the draft to me. Cause Carl Towns has already shown the ability to carry like a top seven offense by himself. You get Clark's weak side, weak side rim protection. This is a guy who's going to play right away, be able to contribute. You're getting awesome value on that first rookie contract. I, I love Grant Williams on a team with a dynamic ball handler, so he can be like the short roll guy. So again, like Portland would be an awesome fit next to Dame with how much Dame gets blitzed. I think that Grant Williams would really thrive making decisions. Probably the smartest player in the draft. One of the smartest players, like not in terms of on court, but off court that we've seen coming in the draft ever. Like his mom works at NASA. Like he's a, oh, he's wow. a legitimate genius. Yeah. He's incredible. If you haven't heard him talk, he's he's an awesome kid too. So I like PJ Washington to certain fits as far as if you just need him to space the floor, um, you know, shoot threes uh, for a team that needs a four. And yeah, you just work your way down the list. I, it's tough to say. I think that for me, obviously I have biases and everybody does when they cover the draft as far as sure. who you like. So I, I think if some of these guys get in the right fit, then they can have dynamic value in their first contract. I even like Cam Reddish on a team like the Hawks, for example, where he doesn't have to be this, you know, primary ball handler, secondary ball handler, even like he's playing off Trey Young, he's playing off Kevin Herter. I like him much more in like a souped up three and D role where he can attack closeouts. I think his handle is a lot worse than it gets credit for. I think his athleticism is generally overrated. So if you put him on a team like the Cavs and he, he's pushed into a position where he has to, you know, initiate your offense and play make, I think that's where it's going to look bad. But if you, there are good fits for him. Like again, the Hawks, I think if he can just shoot a lot of threes, um, he's a good team defender. He's underrated on the ball. Not great, but solid enough. So I, that's the thing for me is a lot of dependent players in this class that need specific fits to sure. really get that optimization. Okay. Uh, you're Jeff Waltman and John Hammond, and you have the pick of the crop at 16. Uh, what is that player for the right fit in the right position uh, for, for you to draft for the magic right now? I'm going to bring up a different name that I haven't talked about. Okay. Just because yes. I think, perfect. I think it's an interesting conversation. Cameron Johnson out of North Carolina. This is going to be on the higher end of his outcomes. I can see him going, you know, late teens to maybe even potentially at the very top of the second round. He's the best shooter in the class. Like, I, I, he can shoot off motion. You know what you're getting with him. He's an older player. He just had one of the best shooting seasons we've seen from a wing-type player. You look at how his off-movement distribution, and it's, like, similar to a guy like Clay Thompson in college. I'm not saying he's anywhere near that athlete. He's not. But as far as, like, being able to function in an offense and, and just be a low usage guy in the high-volume three-point shooter who has gravity, I really like him. I, I think that he's underrated in that capacity. And, again, you're... you're in, in this class, you're looking for different skills, what kind of skills are valuable. Movement shooting for wings is something that just immediately translates. You see it over and over again. You know, Mikhail Bridges, Kevin Herter, those types that can shoot the ball coming off down screens and whatnot, they just tend to get minutes right away. So 
I, I don't think the Magic go this way because it's again not their mo. But it's not like Cameron Johnson's like six two shooter. He's six eight and a half. Doesn't quite play to that size. He's not very physical, and that's kind of my drawback with him. Like he's more physical as a defensive player, and even on Duckins as an offensive guy, he lets smaller players guard him too much. But I just look at his skill set and say, this is a guy I know that's going to shoot the ball at a high level, and I think he can get minutes from day one, and then that that has value at sixteen. You think he is a uh, he could potentially grow to be a starter or is he more of a rotation second unit type six man player i think on a team like the magic where you can give him the defensive infrastructure so where i don't think he's going to be a liability like that's one thing the magic can do is they they have their front court players defend and i think if you can plug that's a better that's a better fit for him if he was on a team where you're you know you're four and five don't play defense then i don't know if it becomes tenable as a starter he's not like a terrible defensive player he's okay i like i expect him to be like maybe a slight negative to an average caliber wing defender so he does have size i, I like him in that setting and again you just plug him in next to who the magic have three through five you know we'll see how Mobamba comes along but i, I think, think you definitely need shooting on the floor absolutely you have to get some floor spacing and to me he's the best bet in the class for that that's awesome. Um, that's a that's really good. I did not expect to hear that name. That's actually a name I actually haven't even heard of in the draft. Um, so that was that was really good. Thanks for for that insight. Um, we don't really have to go deep into this, but any anyone worth mentioning in this the second round that the Magic might look at. So Dacon Jeffries out of Tulsa, someone who is kind of a late riser in the process, six five and a half with a seven foot wingspan, I believe, six eleven, six seven foot wingspan, has the physical dimensions. Very physical player. He plays basketball like he's playing football, which is good at sometimes, bad at others. But I do like the way he mixes it up in his approach. But he's someone who is really, you know, he performed well at the combine. He got he got that invite after the G League combine. I think he's a riser. I think Draft Express has him top 45 now, so he'll be in consideration. I'd be surprised if he wasn't drafted, but just someone who, again, very physical, in theory, can defend multiple positions with his length. I think he's a good catch-and-shoot guy. He He's okay getting downhill. Like if, if he comes off a curl, he can get to the rim. Not in love with his decision-making, but he is unselfish. I think he kind of plays the right way for the most part. Not sure about his lateral athleticism. We haven't been able to get a lane agility score. Not like that's like the all-inclusive thing, but some of his tape doesn't look great as far as containing ball handlers and stuff like that, okay. but in the second round, he has strength. And again, I think strength is incredibly underrated in this process and he can shoot the ball. It's like this guy's a non-shooter. Like he's been like high seventies from the line for the most part for his career shot it. Okay. Up from three off the catch, not a lot of diversity as far as movement or off the dribble shooting, but I kind of like him as like a, a lower level bet to be like a three and D guy. Nice. You can always use a good three and D player on, on a team, you know, definitely for sure. Um, yeah. cool, man. Well, Hey, any last things you want to mention before we wrap this up? We are we're kind of getting to that point where you know we've hit all the big names and had a couple surprise names in there. At least in my book, is there any last names you want to talk about or last thoughts on the Orlando Magic and what they should do? Maybe uh, you know tell us if you think Markel Fultz will actually make it or something like that. And if not, let people know where they can find you and 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 whatnot on uh, online and where they can find your work um, outside. I mean, obviously, I'll tag you in the in the step in um, and all that. But uh, yeah, just let it just let us know your final thoughts. I would say one guy we didn't talk about that I probably should bring up is Taylor Horton Tucker out of Iowa State. Okay. A guy who's six four and a half, kind of similar measurements to Daquan Jeffrey, six four and a half. And he has that seven foot wingspan as well, so like a plus seven, plus eight wingspan. Uh, the youngest guy in the class, I think, or second youngest, one of the two. So he's incredibly young. Um, he's going to be more of a project. I, I expect him to be somewhere on this range, though. I think this is when he starts getting interest. And again, he has the physical dimensions, some of the shooting touch that could intrigue the Magic. He's more. He's not ready right now, though. He's more of a multi-year guy. You're investing for years, three and four, and, and 
most likely even his second contract. So I'm a little worried that he falls out of favor initially because he can't give you anything right away. Sure. But just some, from a developmental upside pick, I, I, I'm not as high on him as some people are. Some people even have him in the top 10 in this class. So you, you kind of get more variance. There's not a lot of guys that know what to do with him. But he's someone we should definitely mention in this range just because I feel like the Magic could absolutely entertain taking him. You know, hey, the Magic aren't not known for taking raw projects. We've we've done that two years in a <laughs> row now. So, hey, you know, we probably won't see Mo Bamba really showing his potential for another two years anyways. And, uh, you know, Jonathan Isaac started taking form at the end of this past yep. season. But, um, you know, they're definitely not. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a project. I don't know if that's what I want them to do. I kind of want someone that can at least start to help immediately. Um, but, you know, also if we lose a bunch of players this offseason, which we could be looking at potentially five new uh, faces on the team this year, um, you know, having a project might not be the worst thing in the world. So, yeah. Well, you know what? I appreciate you coming on and, and letting us know. Let us let let the listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and um, and obviously the, the step in.com. Am I saying that right? I don't think I'm saying that right. Uh, step in. Yeah. Step in. Step in. Yeah. My bad. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Coles Wicker, very original, just my full name. Uh, I tweet 95% NBA, NBA draft stuff, so a little bit of Game of Thrones sprinkled in, but uh, for the most part, it's NBA-based. And, of course, co-founder of Stepien, I write there. I'm going to do that a lot more now leading up to the draft. I've had two pieces come out recently. One was a 45-minute read on like Darius Garland, Kobe White, like pull-up shooting for the lead guards in this class. Probably not the most applicable to the Magic just because it's not the kinds of players that are in their range, but... Um, we have new articles pretty much pretty much every day. Some of that should apply. And I'm also uh, usually guest appear on the Game Theory podcast with Sam Vecini. And we will definitely go into like big boards and mock drafts. And we'll have uh, definite coverage on the magic there. So you can check that out, the Game Theory. Awesome. I'll definitely plug the Game Theory when, uh, when I see it popping around on my timeline and, and retweet that for my fans. And uh, you know, whenever I see your stuff, I will, I'll pass that along as well. Um, Cole, I really want to thank you for taking you know, a good 45 minutes to talk some basketball with us and inform some fans about some prospects that we could, that we could learn about and potentially have on our team. I, I really appreciate it. Um, best of luck with you with the rest of the offseason with the draft coming up. I know it's a busy time for you guys. And uh, yeah, Thanks again, man. Thanks for having me. I'm going fishing with the little bit of strip dips. And my bankroll kind of big dip. Woo! She gonna bring it on a big ship. Uh, quite trail, no quick trip. I got jugs in the island, no tip. Yeah, woo! She ain't wanna have a good day. Smoke way more weed than the guy in the lake. I hold them birds to next May. Nigga, I ain't getting no. If it ain't about the money, ain't no use to you ringing my line. Stop wasting my time. If it ain't about the money, nah, I can't even hear what you say. I ain't finna do shit. If it ain't about the money, bitch, you can miss me with it. Bitch, nigga, miss me with it. Turn, turn, turn. I pack an eleven, I pack an eleven. I boom, turn. I'm the gator, my shoes are just seven. Show them what they say. I'm sound like the reverend, I shoot at the reverend. Hey, she try make the ashes, I told on these bitches. Hey, 
When it's about time to pay, I'ma bail on these bitches Star with a pocket full of dough. I be damned if a nigga wipe a hood hoe. Learned that from UGK, back a pocket full of stone. With your money down, I can book a hard foe. Playing with it, I'ma send them through your car though. My wife fled the shit sick, got Pavo. I'm doing it for black and yellow free hard The head honcho, nigga, no tanto, nigga. I quit to put some bricks in a Bronco, nigga. Nigga talk shit while I don't respond at all, nigga. No murder, no dough, no combo. Don't be blowing me up, nigga, I ain't getting up If it ain't about the money Ain't no use to you ringing my line, stop wasting my time If it ain't about the money Nah, I can't even hear what you say, I ain't finna do shit If it ain't about the money Bitch, you can miss me with it Bitch, nigga, miss me with it Turn it up, turn I pack an 11, I pack an 11 I boom, turn I'm riding the gator, my shoes are just seven Turn up, what they say, what they say I'm shine like the reverend, I shoot at the reverend. Hey. Pants out the grocery store, they stuff with ladies. Hey, bro, hey. She try make the extras, I tell on these bitches. Hey. When it's about time to pay, I'ma bail on these bitches. Hey. What you think we in the neighborhood about? Standing in the trash like good blow. Made a baby, you slain that crack. Brian stole the car while he bang that act. If they ever took a law, better bring that back. Catch it with your bitch, and he gon' blow your brain back that. Ay, know you better be. On your bed, behave you when address me. Because by gun, we don't let him be. Nigga, dear, respect me, I'ma catch a felony. For real, if you listen, I can get you paid. But not interested in shit you say. If it ain't about the money, nigga. Don't be blowing me up, nigga, I ain't getting no. If it ain't about the money. Ain't no use to you ringing my line, stop wasting my time If it ain't about the money Nah, I can't even hear what you say, I ain't finna do shit If it ain't about the money Bitch, you can miss me with it Bitch, nigga, miss me with it Turn it up, turn it I pack an 11, I pack an 11 I Ooh. Turn it I'm riding the gator, my shoes are deception Turn up, uh, what the fuck, what they say, yeah. I'm shine like the reverend, I shoot at the reverend Rock a nigga, hey. They stuff with ladies. Hey, bro, hey. She try make the extras. I tell on these bitches. Hey, when it's about time to pay, I'ma bail on these bitches. I, I, what you think we in the neighborhood for? Standing at the corner store with a pocket full of dough. I be damned if a nigga wipe a hood hoe. Learned that from UGK, back a pocket full of stone, Yeah, man, I'm talking about Big Bank Road, man. Road bands all around, man. The big, big bad, you know what I mean? Cheese, scrap, currency, revenue, legal tender. Even when game by illegal measure. Well, that would be dirty money. And not what's on it. I mean, what it took to get it. Get it? Come with the one thing to know it way around there where you be around. No good deed goes unpunished. But good deed where I'm from is so uncoming. It seems like every other day you walk with somebody, talk about something from the other way, somebody running up gun. You live by nine, like a ring or a chain. And really what they need to do is make a chain. And that's my two cents. Keep the chain, my nigga. One question I bring forth, should you choose to ignore it or choose to explore it? Your children's future right now, would you die for it? Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.